12,000 fans here at Bramlage Coliseum spilling out onto the court. A huge celebration as Kansas State, for the first time since 1983, has knocked off the Kansas Jayhawks in Manhattan. Bring on the podcast. Here's your host, A. Hernali. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bring on the Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Thompson, and Derek Smith joining us today from Milwaukee. Derek, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, Luke? Doing good, doing good. And K-State basketball, of course, going to Milwaukee on Saturday to play at Marquette. So our guest today is the Marquette beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Ben Steele. Ben, how are you? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. This should be a good game Saturday. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I think, I mean, Marquette fans may be surprised to hear it, but this is the marquee matchup of the Kansas State non-conference schedule, I, I think, by, by far. You know, it's one K-State's really looking forward to. Uh, you know, how are Marquette fans looking at this, you know, playing a borderline top 10 team? Yeah, this is the, you know, the Marquette's playing in a new arena. And this is the first real marquee game in the in the new arena. You know, they played, I think this I think this is their fourth game. I, if I could do the, the math off the top of my head. But, <laughs> but this is the first ranked team that Marquette's going to play. So people are excited about that. It's the first of... Several pretty good non-conference games at home for Marquette. They got Wisconsin. They play every year. They're playing uh, next week at at the new Pfizer Forum. They got Buffalo a little later in the at the end of December. So, but this is the first uh, big challenge at home. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I like to call it the house that Giannis built. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had a buddy who got uh, Milwaukee Bucks season tickets this year, and he was, he was pretty excited. So they're pretty fun to watch. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of threes in that building with, uh, between the Bucks and Marquette uh, this season. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah, it must be nice that I have a, a big home game. I'm trying to think of what K-State's toughest game at Bramlage would be. Um, I guess now they get Vanderbilt in KC. I mean, I don't know. Georgia State? Like, non-conference anyway. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't really play anyone in Manhattan. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, Marquette's had a, had a really good non-conference schedule this year. They, they were in the, the Brooklyn tournament yeah. the season NIT last weekend, played Kansas and Louisville and Kansas State this week. And, yeah, it's been pretty good. Right, and that tough game in Indiana, too. So. Oh, Indiana, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost forgot that. They got so blown out in that game. I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, I mean, this is a pretty young team. It looks like, you know, how are they – do you see them getting more comfortable against those big opponents? And like, do you expect them to, to be a lot better at home? Or Yeah, it's Marquette hasn't really clicked yet offensively. You know, they got Marcus Howard and Sam Hauser. They're, you know, they're two best players. They played a lot. They're, they're both juniors. So they were kind of expected to carry much of the load this year. And as expected, they've done that. But Marquette's been at, has added in several new pieces so it's kind of been taking a little while to gel they got a grad transfer uh from fordham joseph chartuni 
Ed Morrow, a power forward from Nebraska, he plays at center too. He's eligible this year after sitting out last year after transferring from the Cornhuskers. And two freshmen who are playing a decent amount, including Sam's brother, Joey, mm-hmm. and Brendan Bailey, who comes off the bench. Those are kind of new pieces that are kind of working in, and they're kind of still kind of finding their, their footing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you say, you know, they're, they're trying to click. It looked like they were clicking pretty well for at least the first half against KU. I know they, they kind of shot yeah. lights out from three. I think they hit 11. You know, what what else went right in that first half? That, that... that was kind of what people are expecting this Marquette team to eventually be when things start clicking for, for, for them on offense. Yeah, the, the threes were falling. Marcus was uh, shooting lights out. Sam Hauser was getting open. They were sharing the ball. ball was moving in rhythm, and they were getting easy shots. And, you know, they were feeding off each other. But then in the second half, you know, Kansas really <laughs> amped up the pressure on Marcus especially, yeah. but coming off screens on pick and rolls just being really aggressive and trapping him, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And after that, the, the Marquette offense just kind of got stagnant, and they just didn't have the snap and rhythm to it that they had in the first half and started turning the turning the ball over a little bit, which has been the, the biggest issue for Marquette this year, some brutal turnovers this year. And then things kind of spiraled out of control against Kansas. Yeah, they were up they were up nine at halftime against, you know, one of the top teams in the nation, and then right. – the wheels kind of came off, and twenty-two to nothing run by the by the Jayhawks after halftime, and Marquette just couldn't couldn't find an answer, couldn't recover against them. Yeah, and when you talk about Howard, it seems like slowing him down is sort of the key. K State, we like to think that we have one of the best defenders in the league, and Barry Brown is probably yeah. going to put a lot of pressure on him. Although Kamal Stokes has been defending pretty well this year as well, he might get a shot. It's hard to say, but. I mean, is that kind of the key to slowing down this Marquette offense, though? Yeah, that's going to be the most interesting matchup for sure to watch Saturday. Marcus is, uh, you know, he played off the ball the last couple of years, which is really a strength. He's just a, he's a natural scorer, mm-hmm. tremendous range, great shooter, could get floaters in the mid-range, just, you know, just, the, just an all-around scorer. And this year, he's kind of transitioning more to handling the ball uh, as a point guard more which is really, it's just not a natural point guard. So there's been a, a little bit of a, a learning curve for him this year. And that's kind of been the turnovers that I mentioned earlier. That's kind of been where a lot of them are coming from is Marcus is trying to force some passes here and there. And he's trying to, to be a point guard when what his natural mindset is, his natural mindset is just to, just to get buckets, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the big story of the early season is just how, how he's adapting to this new role. But, he, you know, he's been good. He's had some good assist numbers, some good assist games, and he's been actually rebounding the ball really incredibly this year, which is you know rare for a guard, especially his size. He's he's only about five. They list him at five eleven, but you know he's a smallish guard. Yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, the pressure that that Kansas State kind of puts on him as a as a ball handler. See if they can force him into making some of the some of those uh, turnover mistakes. Right. Yeah. On the other side. What do you think Marquette can do against a guy like Dean White? Yeah, I think that that's going to be another tough matchup defensively for Marquette because, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Marquette's big guys especially are prone to foul trouble. And, you know, Wade's got that kind of inside-out game that kind of... Right. And it seemed like maybe, maybe a, a comparison would be ahead. Dietrich Lawson had a, had a 
pretty big game for yeah, KU. He's yeah. kind of a Dean Wade type player. You wonder if Dean can have some of the same yeah. advantages. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where you can kind of take advantage of this Marquette team a little bit. They might Ed Morrow, the, the transfer that from Nebraska that I mentioned earlier, he's kind of he started really slow. He was kind of expected to be a big piece this year, but he started slow. But the last couple games, he's kind of picked it up a little bit. He's starting to look more comfortable. I think they might throw him on uh, weight a little bit. But Ed Ed's only like six seven, but he's he's a strong guy, a little bit quicker than the other Marquette big guys. So. They might throw him on uh, on Wade a little bit. Sam Hauser probably get a couple shots at him. Although, what's Wade? They list him at like six ten, right? Six eleven, I think. Yeah. Oh, six eleven. Yeah, that's uh-huh. so. Yeah, Sam's like six eight. That might be a tough. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a tough matchup for Marquette. Yeah. Well, I wonder. So some teams, um, you know, last year had success, especially in case they wasn't shooting well. That by going to a zone, is that something Marquette would ever do? Yeah, they haven't played a lot of zone this year just occasionally after you know on some out-of-bounds plays under the basket but they got a couple zone pressures that they do but not not a lot and then last year they broke out a zone occasionally but it's not really something that they lean on pretty heavily so man i mean i know they practice it but it's not often that they break it out in a game so it might be a surprise uh move if if they pull that out yeah, I think for the entire first half, and I can't remember how long it took Dean to get on the board, but I, really? I yeah. don't know, Luke, but he didn't score for a good yeah, chunk he didn't of the first score half. Most of the first half. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that was, I mean, one of the better shooting nights from the outside for Kansas State, so they, they were able to keep up, actually. But, I mean, they've had some nights where they're ice cold from three where that could really be a problem. Um, yeah. The tournament, they weren't very good until the Missouri game. So yeah, yeah. Well, and that's you know one thing that, that worries me a little bit is, other than that Missouri game, K State has been pretty I don't lethargic in the first half mm. of a lot of games, and it seems like you know going into this sort of game with Marquette being a team that can put up points in a hurry if they're hitting, you know they're going to be playing in front of a home crowd. Yeah, there's a danger of of K State getting behind big early in this one. Yeah, yeah, that can happen with uh, Marquette. Can once they get hot and once they get going, that's uh, they're kind of tough to beat. Especially Marcus getting him going early is is pretty key because once once he starts looking at the basket like it's a big big ocean out there, he, he can fill it in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. And what about I mean, and as Sam far as Hauser... lethargy in the first half, I think Lehigh was probably the worst. Yeah, mm, so far. Yeah. Sam Hauser is obviously a pretty good spot-up shooter. You know, how much yeah. can he create his own shot offensively? Yeah, he's mostly a spot-up shooter. Um, as far as creating his own shot, he, he's got a couple back-down moves that he does. When he has a smaller defender on him, that he'll, he'll kind of back you down and kind of corkscrew his way into the, to, to a bucket. But he's not, he's not the quickest athlete around, so he's not going to beat you off the bounce. But he's crafty. He's really crafty. Just a just a smart player. He can get a shot off, but he he tends to just get most of his his shots through the flow of the offense. Most mostly spotting up. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing when when K State's attacking the best, you know, they have a few guys like I think when X is playing well, and and Barry Brown certainly likes to, to slash to the basket. Seems like. Theo John is it's a decent rim protector. He had a really nice block. I think it was the the Indiana game. Um, yeah. But you know how important it would be for maybe to get him in foul trouble. How much would that open up the lane? Or you know what can he do to protect the rim? 
Yeah, he's got good rim protection skills. His his major issues has been foul trouble, like especially early in his. He's a sophomore this year, but last year as a freshman at the beginning of the year, he was just a foul machine. He'd pick up two, three fouls in his first five minutes on the court, and then he'd have to, you know, get out of the game. And that's still been a little issue, a little bit of an issue this year. And sometimes he just picks up silly fouls, like on the offensive end, just setting screens, you know, 30 feet from the basket. Uh, he's going to have to avoid that, like you said, to, to protect the rim against the, the good slashers that, that Kansas State has. Yeah, and K-State has thrived this year, mainly when they've been in transition. I mean, how mm-hmm. worried are you about Marquette's ability to protect the ball and keep keep that from happening? Yeah, that's. Uh, I just came from availability over at uh, Marquette today, and that was Coach Rojahowski's biggest emphasis the last couple of days in practice have been the, the turnovers. Because Marquette's defense, which, is, which has been the issue the last couple of years, has actually been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. As long as but, the team's not shooting seventy percent, like Indiana yeah, is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But along those lines, like uh, the turnovers have just been creating easy baskets for opponents, and it's just causes so much stress on the defense. Getting those run out baskets—that's what—that's what happened at the beginning of the game against Indiana. Indiana got a few early baskets off turnovers, and defense wasn't set, and the crowd got into it. And it just kind of spiraled from there. But so, yeah, the the turnovers have kind of put. Marquette's defense at a disadvantage, but when Marquette's taking care of the ball and the defense is able to get set, they've they've been pretty pretty good defensively. So I think that's along with the the Howard uh, Brown matchup. I think that the turnovers are going to be the biggest thing to watch in Saturday's game. Yeah, and it seems like both of these teams are going to be content to play kind of at a slower pace. I mean, would you expect the game in the sixties or seventies? Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking that. I, Marquette really hasn't got a lot of transition points this year. It's not not really a strength of their team. So I think this is going to be a, a half-court kind of, I don't want to say grinded out game because that's not really the kind of style that Marquette plays either. But it's definitely going to be a slower-paced game. I don't think it's going to hit 70s for sure. Yeah, yeah. Typical Bruce Weber, Bruce Kipball, as we like to call it. Oh, that's <laughs> good. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. <laughs> But, but you know, when we talk about Marquette's three-point shooting, are, are they one of those teams that do they ever rely too much on the three? Uh, that's it's certainly uh, they've certainly been bitten by relying on the the three too much. But when you got when you got shooters like Marcus Howard and Sam Hauser, I mean, that's right. you got to let them fire away, and that's what uh, Coach Wojcicki often says. He, he tells those guys whenever they're open, they got to shoot it. So. Yeah, that's what they do, and yeah, it's kind of it's been them a few times, but I think more often than not, it it helps them out. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, those two guys have I think it was forty six of the seventy threes for Marquette this year. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Really, yeah. Um, what about you know the? And this may not be too much of an issue with you know being played at a slow pace, but if there is foul trouble, you know what kind of depth does Marquette have? It seems like they've got maybe they go about nine deep. Right? Yeah. They got most most of their depth are like the wing players, like guys like six you know six five to six eight, really thin in the backcourt positions. Marcus and Joseph Chartuni are the only guys that really handle the ball a lot, and then the front court, like Theo and Ed, mostly handle the, the center positions. And then when those guys get into foul trouble, which has happened a lot this year, uh, Matt Held comes in and he's kind of program favorite, you know, just the real try hard center, but. I don't think Marquette 
this year kind of wants him to play that many minutes, so he, he only plays like six or seven minutes. But definitely on the wing, they got a lot of depth, a lot of really good. Uh, the two freshmen that I mentioned earlier, uh, Joey Hauser and Brendan Bailey, they're yeah. long, athletic. But, and that that's really what's helped out the defense this year is having a little more length and athleticism on the wings. Yeah. What's the uh, atmosphere been like at Fiserv so far for the Marquette games? Uh, it's been, you know, it's, it hasn't been at its peak, you know, just because they haven't played any really good opponents yet. So it's, I think Saturday's game is going to be really the, the first time that we get to see. I'm sure it will be close to a sellout, so we'll get the full flavor of the Pfizer Forum. Um, the opener against UMBC was probably the closest that we've seen the atmosphere, and that's it, it got pretty loud in there, I can tell you that. Yeah. You think UMBC is yeah. going to go back to the tournament and make another run this year? So. You know they they looked uh, they looked okay I guess I mean it was the first game of the season so it's yeah. kind of hard to, to predict what they what they're gonna do but uh, definitely a, a different kind of team because they lost you know two quality guards off of last year's team but they got some funky lineups they'll throw like five shooters out there and hmm. they can create some weird problems for defenses and Marquette kind of took a little little time for them to adjust. Like they'll throw, you know, five guys, nobody taller, and then six five out there all along the three point line. So, yeah. I mean, they got a good coach. It'll be, I think, they'll be all right. Probably challenge mm-hmm. Vermont in that league. Well, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about, actually. So, I think I, I read in your article that you know Marquette had some trouble when KU went to the the small ball lineups, yeah. and K State certainly can do that if they put Dean Wade at the five and then mm-hmm. have four guys who are basically guards. You know, do you think that could cause a problem? Yeah, yeah. I think what Marquette's eventual plan for that is to have, when teams go small, is they can throw Ed Morrow at the, the center. And, you know, like you mentioned, he was he's 6'7". Mm-hmm. So it's a little smaller. He's, he's a pretty good rebounder, but it's just taken him a while to get used to kind of where he needs to be in this in this team, especially on offense. He, he looks a little lost on offense sometimes. But sometimes they'll they'll play uh, Sam Hauser at five too. So yeah, I wonder if uh, if Ke- if Kansas State goes to that lineup with Wade at center, I might wonder if Coach Wojo kind of go to that Sam Hauser at 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 the five. And Sam's a pretty stout defender. Like I said, he's not the quickest guy, but he's just a really smart player. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that could definitely cause some issues for Marquette. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Derek, but I think one of the biggest things I'll be looking for is, you know, last year at K-State, they had a huge weakness in rebounding, and this is kind of really the, the first test of that. It seems like Marquette's a, at least a decent rebounding team. You know, Wade's looking a lot better on the boards. Um, just, you know, what do you want to see from K-State on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, that would probably be my biggest thing, and that was what I was looking for. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the whole game against Lehigh, but that's what I was looking for was whether or not they were any better on the boards. and I was, you know, a little bit more impressed. They weren't always able to do things with offensive rebounds when they got them, but they seemed like they were getting them more often than they were certainly last year. But mm-hmm. Lehigh's a whole different opponent than Marquette for sure. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, how much of a test do you think that'll be rebounding-wise, Ben? Yeah, Marquette, Marquette's a pretty good rebounding team. Jamal Kane, who comes off the bench, is uh, 
really, really, really good rebounder for Marquette. He's one of those 6'8 guys that I mentioned earlier that just kind of a high, he's really a high flyer, and some of his rebounds are just like highlight worthy. You just see him sky in and just swoop the swoop the ball away from, from people. Ed's getting better. Theo is a very, really, really a strong player. Uh, I don't know if rebounding is quite his forte, but he's definitely a presence under there with his size. Yeah, Marquette's a, a I would say a well, I wouldn't say they're a great rebounding team. I just say they're kind of a above average rebounding team. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what Bruce does with Austin Trice because certainly early on, you know, he was showing his reputation why he's a good rebounding energy guy, but he hasn't played a whole lot these last two games because it turns out he can't really offer a whole lot offensively right now. He's like a forty percent free throw shooter. So oh, it almost feels like you're going four on five on, on offense sometimes when he's out there. So yikes. it'll be interesting to see how much Bruce feels like he needs to to put him in as an energy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was another thing I was going to mention was I was really – this was the – the Lehigh game was the first time I actually had a chance to sit down and watch, and I was really unimpressed with the little bit of time I did see Austin Trice on the court that, mm-hmm. that game. So – there was a lot of hype coming in, and he just hasn't delivered. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, you know, Ben, I'm sure you know Kansas State has, has big high hopes after making the Elite Eight and bringing everybody back. Yeah. You know, what about Marquette expectations, you know, where they expect to be? It seems like maybe the Big East, and especially Villanova, a little bit down this year, you know, the yeah. opening. Yeah, people are expecting this, you know, this is uh, Coach Rojahaski's fifth season at Marquette. Mm-hmm. And they've made the NCAA tournament only once in his tenure, so people are getting a little anxious. They kind of want to be a, you know, like every fan wants to be in the tournament every year. But this is kind of the year where all the pieces are supposed to fit together. And, you know, they were picked to finish second in the Big East. Big East, like you mentioned, is just wide open. A lot of teams graduated a lot of stars last year. Villanova lost, you know, the four guys, four underclassmen to the NBA after their national championship. So and they've looked really bad in a couple of games. Yeah, yeah, looked a little better the the last couple of last week or so. But uh, yeah, it's the biggest wide open. It's there for the taking. This Marquette team, I think, once they start getting more comfortable with each other and start gelling a little bit, I think by the time the conference season rolls around, that. They're gonna they're gonna be in a position to, you know, finish in at least the top three in the Big East. I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious, how long did it take you to learn to spell Wojciechowski without looking at a roster? Huh. I think. Let's see. This is this is my second year on the job, uh-huh. and I think it was in the like third or fourth story that I wrote. So it was pretty quick. Came pretty okay. quick. I, That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I kind of made you know. I just I think to myself, Wodge C. Chowski. I got you know, I break it down like that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Mnemonic device made it easier. <laughs> I still I still use that in my head when I'm spelling it, but it it comes pretty naturally now. I can just type it super fast. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So does he yeah. you know live up to his reputation as a Coach K disciple? You know, it sounds like he doesn't play zone much. So that's one thing. Certainly sounds like yeah, okay. definitely a man to man defensive team. You know, for all his, you know, as a player, you know, Wojo is like, you know, the feisty defensive right. guy. But his all his teams have been more offensively focused, which is, you know, a lot of people find that ironic. But, I mean, 
the offense has been outstanding. I mean, last year they didn't make the tournament, but their offense was 13th in the nation, I think, in Ken Palm, 13-14. Mm-hmm. They were just an just elite offensive team, and they run really, you know, really smart actions and really good offensively. So that's kind of the, the hope for this year with uh, the improvements in the defense that eventually the offense is going to snap into place, and then, you know, they'll be much better, much more complete team this year than they have in the Wojo's last couple of years. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's a pretty young roster, so it's good because yeah, most foundation. of the teams coming back, yeah, next year, yeah. Marcus and Sam are juniors and I don't think either of them are quite on the NBA radar as far as, you know, Marcus is a little little small for the yeah. NBA and, yeah. and Sam I don't know if he has quite the quickness. But I mean they might get their chances, but uh, you know, I think it's safe to say that both of them will be back next year and the freshmen getting good uh, minutes this year. They'll, they'll improve next year. I think next year's team is going to be just a, I don't want to put like a top 10 label on or anything. Cause you know, it's too far down in the future. You don't know what's going to be, but definitely mm-hmm. next year's team looks like it's going to be a monster. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of the stuff you're saying sounds like the narrative that surrounded K-State last year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Marquette will have an average season and then make a run in the tournament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's how he raises expectations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but what does the team think about playing in, in the Bucks New Arena? You know, how much does that benefit the program? And then, you know, the flip side yeah. of that is, I, I wonder if the students are at all, you know, bothered by the fact that the arena is not on campus and they have to, you know, find transportation to it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly close to campus. Okay. It's not, like, it's not that far out of the way. I mean, it's right next to where the Bradley Center was, so it's not. Okay. They're used to going to our same general area, and it's, I don't know, it's, you could walk there. I don't know if people walk there in the in the wintertime, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a pain to get there yeah. um, for students. But as far as the players, I mean, playing in the state-of-the-art, you know, <laughs> the newest arena, newest basketball arena in the NBA, it's it's awesome for them. Marquette's got its, you know, its own locker room in there and it's yeah. it's pretty swanky. And so that, you know, the team can bring recruits in there and they're just like yeah. awed by the whole spectacle <laughs> and the huge locker room and uh, all the you know, the bells and whistles that new new arenas have these days and it's it's pretty nice for the players. Yeah. How are the media arrangements? Not the best. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> they got us uh, tucked in one of the corners. Oh, man, I hate when they do that. So it's kind of a weird angle, like yeah. seeing the far court. Yeah, that's what we had to not, deal it's with. Not that. The best. That's what we had to deal with at Mizzou, too. Is that, you know, they, they want to give the donors all the best seats and everything. I don't know, it's the same. Yeah. yeah, at the Bradley Center, we were in the middle, so it was nice to get the, you know, the half court. Yeah, the angle at half court, but yeah, it's it's taken getting some used to watching games from like from the the corner angle. Yeah, what are the plans for the Bradley Center? I was over there a couple weeks ago for the Christmas market, and that's pretty sad looking. Yeah, yeah, I, they're taking it apart very slowly. I think they're taking it apart more from the inside right now. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to take down the whole structure because they can't. They can't blow it up because the you know the new arena has so much yeah. glass on the outside. Yeah, and it's like right there. I mean, yeah. almost touch. So yeah, it's, I mean it's like really like twenty feet 
between them. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to take it down, but I'm sure it, they're planning on building, you know, condos and, uh, you know, some ground level stores there. So I don't know what the timeline is, but I'm sure they want to get it down as soon as possible. Like, yeah, because it's, it's, it's an eyesore down there. Yeah, I saw your the Journal Sentinel had an article last week about, I think it was last week, about the development downtown and all the plans they have. I guess I should probably just read that. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice down there. They, you know, they, they got a little plaza out there. More buildings are popping up, but they're going to have a couple breweries like right across from the plaza mm-hmm. that fans can hang out with at, during the game. And the, during the wintertime, they'll have, you know, heaters and fireplaces out there. So it looks like it's going to be... Uh, pretty nice for the city which was what they expected because that that whole part of the city right there where they built the arena was just like just a blank spot mm-hmm. in the middle of downtown so it's it's really good for the city that's kind of more more hopping down there now yeah 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 i mean it seems like for k-state fans making the trip there's a lot of a lot of options to have a yeah. nice weekend so yeah it should be fun do they do they usually travel pretty well uh yeah i think better this year i know i think i've seen on a few of the boards that, that there's a few people going and you know like i yeah. said this being the marquee non-conference game yeah uh, for sure a lot of people look at it saying yeah that's that's gonna be this one so, so I, i'm curious and, and i don't know if you get this question a lot but like what do marquette fans and, and what do you do do in the in the fall when, when there's no football <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they just wait for basketball season to start. <laughs> <laughs> Drink beer. Argue a lot on message boards about next year's team. Yeah. Um, watch the Packers. Yeah, yeah watch the, the Packers take a lot of uh, attention away. Uh-huh. Like, are there a, uh, but are there their soccer of... teams are usually pretty good. Lacrosse, is, lacrosse has actually been pretty good the last couple of years uh, as far as school sports go. Volleyball starting starts up a little bit in the fall. That women's volleyball team's really good. Are yeah, like, are there like are there a lot of Marquette basketball and then Wisconsin football fans? I I don't uh, I don't know if that's allowed. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not the arbiter or the judge or arbiter of that, but I'm, I don't know. I I think that's looked frowningly upon. Yeah. From what I can gather from Marquette people. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not like one, one thing I've been surprised about because I expected when I moved up here to see a lot of people wearing badger stuff and it's really not a thing i haven't noticed it anyway if it is yeah it's, i mean yeah milwaukee i mean definitely get more of that in madison you know yeah, obviously yeah. but yeah. yeah milwaukee's just more of a professional mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. town i guess yeah that's yeah, interesting because i mean as far as i yeah as far as i know there are a lot of uh creighton basketball and nebraska football fans but i guess omaha doesn't have like the pro side of it so that kind of makes yeah sense. yeah yeah that's true all right well yeah i mean it sounds like it, it should be a pretty good one on saturday um I don't yeah it's know. gonna be tight i think and I'm, I'm i'm not sure i can i can make a prediction on it i'm not okay. i think it's gonna be a toss-up <laughs> what do you so think? Don't, don't put me on the spot all right what do you think derek you wanna you wanna make a prediction <laughs> oh here? boy oh boy i am the worst person to ask i'll just throw it out there i'm gonna say Phew. 6660 K-State. Okay. Okay. And before we we sign off here, uh, we've done a pretty good job of not mentioning it so far in this podcast, but you know, most K-State fans, let's be honest, are not super worried about basketball at the moment. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, something about waiting for a coach. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, we have no insider news to report, but, you know, Derek, I don't know, do you want to just decide what, what maybe you expect to, to hear or what you want to hear? At this point, if you would have asked me this question on Monday, I would have had an answer. At this point, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm fantasizing that since tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of the press yeah. conference that yeah. announced Bill's hiring that he's holding off for whatever, but I don't even know if he knows the date that he got hired. So 30, 30 years. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I'm hoping that that is what happens. I hate to go into the weekend with no, no word, but I think that might be what we're going to do. It certainly seems that way at this point, if they didn't do it today and you know, the Mercury reported yesterday that it sounds like uh, Gene Taylor has no idea when they're going to meet. So yeah, that's where we're at. And I've just been kind of waiting by my email inbox waiting on a press release because I expect that's what we'll get, but it hasn't come yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ben, if you see any K-State fans looking really anxious or maybe like they haven't <laughs> slept in a while, it, it's yeah. probably football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering if they will see any, uh, Jordy Nelson throwback <laughs> jerseys in the stands. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some, the Jordy Nelson memorabilia in my home. So my friend, Emily, who works with you, she sent me a, a box of the Jordy Flakes or whatever they were. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about those. That's yeah. good eating right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, probably time to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, ben, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Enjoy the game Saturday. Yeah, it'd be fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.